the City Podcast. And ladies and gentlemen, another edition of Keys to the City. I'm your host, Trevor Keys, alongside the big brother, T3 Ted Keys. Ted, it is a football Friday, but I guess we also have the memo that it is Black Tea Friday with the Keys brothers as we are wearing <laughs> Black Tees right now. <laughs> I guess we didn't know. We didn't have that plan, but yes. We are here for another football edition. You can check out Keys to the City on all social media platforms, Spotify, YouTube as well included, as well as CloverQuestMedia.com for many more podcasts like Keys to the City. We will not be talking about Aaron Judge because he's still on number 60 and good old, if any people want to watch that moment, if you have Apple TV. No, Amazon Prime. It's on Apple TV too. So it's on Amazon Prime and Apple TV. Way to go, millionaires and billionaires. That's smart thinking, smart marketing right there. Well, let's get over to the NFL. No, we're not going to talk about the Thursday night game because, well, what do we expect? Pittsburgh's the same old. Mitch Trubisky looks like he needs to go. And the Cleveland Browns, well, it wasn't pretty, but they found a way to win. No, we're going to talk about a make-or-break type weekend. And I know it's week three and everybody's like, oh, God, why are we freaking out? In this sense, we'll get to it. what I'm talking about, specifically with the Dolphins and Bills game. And we will be talking about the Sunday night football game between the Denver Broncos and the San Francisco 49ers. But there is a mega matchup and maybe, well, without certain, the last time we are going to see the matchup between Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady this Sunday. Ted, you've seen how these two teams have played so far. Let's be honest, it hasn't been pretty. I know the Buccaneers are 2-0, one of three teams left in the NFC that are 2-0. and It isn't because of their offense. And the, and the Green Bay Packers, we know what week one showed. Disappointment, struggles, but come back week two, and good old, you get to play the Chicago Bears, who, as we like to say, Aaron Rodgers is owner of the Chicago Bears. So, Ted, you look at the way these two teams are coming into this game. I know a combined three and one, but it hasn't looked anything but how it's been the past couple of years where they have been dominant. They've been the top of the food chain in the NFC. They've been representing the NFC. But you look at these two teams, the Bucs offensive line, and I could even say the lack of weapons, just like due to injuries, I should say, and the Packers. So let me start off with you. Well, let me go to you because you're the only one here. I forgot because Joseph McGuire is not here, and he'll be back next week. Hey, guy from over there. Hey, 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 how you doing? Hey, Henry, how you doing? Anyways, to you, which is the more concerning weakness going into this game? Is it Green Bay's lack of weapons? And I know they won last week, and everybody's like, oh, they won. They look good. Well, they played Chicago Bears. Nothing to be impressed with. Or is it the Bucks' offensive line to you? Or the lack of weapons with the Bucs, I should say, too. As well, You can add the O-line I mean, and the lack of weapons in that category. With this, The whole game is concerning. It's it's a very weird game. Both teams actually have issues on the offensive line. You know, back in the area has, not, has been dealing with injuries for, for Green Bay. And if you watch their offensive line, they were, in that, they were not impressive against Minnesota, and they weren't really impressive against Chicago either. Aaron Rodgers dealt with a lot of pressure, especially early in the first half. Yeah. You know, and they but they end up doing what they do normally against Chicago, finding ways to win, dominate. And they and most of the reasoning was because of they went through their two backs, AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones. As so they I as think, they should. Yes, and I think that's something that if they're going to have success this weekend, that is something that they are going to rely on personally again, because Aaron Jones is probably their best offensive player. And it's probably not probably is their best offensive player versatility wise. 
in the passing game and in the running game. And then AJ Dillon brings the quadzilla thighs to the to the line, and he's just he's a he's a boulder. He's two hundred fifty pound, six foot two running back who can catch the ball in the backfield, power, but can do a little bit of everything. But this whole game is very concerned. I tell you, if you're a better man, take the under. Right. Yeah, the under is at forty-one right now, which which, which is, is which is unheard of for this type of yeah, matchup. Absolutely. But look at the two teams, right? I mean, you got we talked about in the preseason the Buccaneers. How would they even play against the Cowboys? They were missing what three of their five linemen. They've been dealing with injuries, and then I I just had it up, but I want to make sure I had it right. So this is what we're looking at, right? So the Buccaneers won't have Pro Bowler Mike Evans, who was suspended this week after last week's incident. Mm-hmm. They also will be without Chris Godwin and Julio Jones, who's missed week two so far. And this is all so far. You know I mean? It's not guaranteed, but looks like all three of those guys will be out, okay? And in Green Bay, right now, Alan Lazar, for fantasy, of course, I thought he'd have a big season, hasn't done crap. But he's dealing with an ankle injury. Randall Cobb has been out for illness. Sammy Watkins is dealing with a hamstring injury. Added to his long list of career injuries. The guy's never been healthy for more than one season, I think, in his life. Christian Watson has a hamstring, so he missed practice on Thursday. So right now, this is who Tom Brady will be throwing to. Prashad Perriman, Russell Gage, who I don't think he's even played this whole season. Scotty Miller and Cole Beasley, who they just picked up out of the frozen food section this past Sunday. Then Aaron Rodgers, he's looking to throw to Romeo Jubes, Amari Rodgers, and Jawan Winfrey, and some guy named Samori Toure, and someone's going to make fun of me and say, Ted, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. Sir, I never heard of his name, so that means he's not important to me. The whole game is concerning, right? What I would say to you in this is what's de- what defensive line can have the most impact in the game would be the difference and why it would be the reasoning why these games went. Because the Bucks defense, even though it's not number one, I think San Francisco is the number one ranked defense right now in the league, the Bucks defense has been dominant. For, through mm-hmm. two weeks, total dominant. All right, they all over the field, right? And what I think they said, I saw what the Bucks only scored like two or three touchdowns all season. So, and they're two and zero, and you know we're not talking about the Giants and things, but they have not been impressive. I know that's how you went off this segment, but I would say whatever team can get a lead and then the defense do what they do best and put pressure on the quarterback. You know, Brady. Yeah. I feel like when I look at the game from the outside perspective and not reading anything, Brady does much more – Does he is much more prolific with the ball in his hand when dealing with pressure. Just off the top of my head, if I had – you know what I mean? I feel like Rodgers kind of scuffles and bows down or throws the ball away, and Brady will stand in there a little bit more so. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's just me outside thinking. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm right. But both of these defenses should have fun this weekend. Yeah. terrorizing both offenses. Oh, yeah. Uh, now, you did ask, which weakness is more concerning? <sighs> I mean, honestly, you think about the lack of weapons. I, here's That's my still, thing. Oh, hold on. The lack of weapons I'm still. I'm going to answer real quick. I would say the Packers' lack of weapons. And the only reason why I say that is because the Bucks have been dealing with this type of offensive line situation for the past two weeks. So there would have been more part. Rodgers is a guy who likes to play with timing. He likes – I mean, we've talked about this before with Devontae Adams. He knows 10 yards – Cut, step, Devontae's there, ball's right there, bang, boom. There is no chemistry he has built with any of his receivers. I mean, and that's, you know, Randall Cobb has had that with him. You know, Sammy yeah. really – but, I mean, all these young receivers, and you know – look at Rodgers the first week. He was so frustrated because guys not knowing what they're doing, where they need to be, and he's such a timing quarterback and a placement of where the ball – and there's probably no better guy in the league of putting the ball where it needs to be. Mm-hmm. In in the certain spot, but yeah. that means your receiver has to be where he needs to be at that at that certain time. And I would say right now, because of the 
defense that Tampa Bay has and how well they have played through two weeks, I'd say the weapons or the lack of weapons that the Packers have are going to really hurt them much more so than I think the offensive line because Brady is, Brady's used to it, and Brady has been used to it so far, and I think they can overcome that. So these two – these should not be no surprises coming into this season and coming into this game. The, we knew about the Packers losing Devontae. What was it going to look like this offense? How are they going to run this offense? Were they going to be heavily involved in the running attack? Are they going to get A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones heavily involved? Week one kind of struggled. Maybe that's more credit to the Minnesota Vikings. But then you look at week two, and I know it's week two, and they won last week, and they won comfortably but it's still the Chicago Bears who is in a rebuild mode and a team that the that the Green Bay Packers have dominated in recent history but then you look at the Bucks too we've all said it the Bucks were going to struggle with their offensive line coming into this a new revamped line you lose it um Kappa or Ted Karras and uh Ryan Jensen the injuries that were going on in the offseason as well well we should not be so we should not be hold on we should hurt we should not be surprised by either one of these weaknesses right now, and I know it's only week two, but like I was saying back in week one, number 17 for the Green Bay Packers is not coming through those doors. And that's something that the Bucs will figure it out. The Packers, they still need to. And this is going to be a huge test for this offense because, yes, when you played against a solid defense in week one, and I don't know how much we could take into credit credit or considerate of consideration, I should say, in the sense of the Minnesota Vikings, because we just saw them get smacked on Monday Night Football. Now, maybe it's because of due part of the offense struggling, but the defense still struggled at times too. So how much are we taking that into consideration? The Packers need to figure this out. They're going to have to figure this offense game plan each and every week. How are they going to utilize the weapons that they have? Now, I know you don't have Devontae Adams, but you still have a solid duo in the backfield. You have some sort of experience with Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard, if you could get healthy. You do have some weapons, but you don't have the big play receiver. You're going but, to get a true yeah, test this week. You're going to get player. you're going to get a true test this week. Yeah, that's true. You're going to get a true test this week because the Bucks D has been stout. And their offensive line, Aaron Rodgers, has been already sacked seven times early on two in two games. And I feel like the they'll t- match up. You know why this is a bad thing? Days. Do you know why I that's mean, a bad they- thing? What's up? Tampa Bay Buccaneers lead the league currently in the sacks with 10 sacks right now. They're nasty. This defense and the Buccaneers are two and zero, and it's not because of Brady. No. It's not because of this offense. And I don't, and you can say whatever you want. I know they're two and zero. they found ways to win in week one, but this is all credited to this defense. This defense has been dominant. This defense gets after the ball. They get turnovers and they get after the quarterback and they hit you and they punch you in the mouth and well, they and, make your, and, and, and they make your, and they make your, really well. But they make your game plans for 60 minutes a living hell. It's a nightmare right now. For the Saints, it was a nightmare. And for the Dallas Cowboys, it was a nightmare. So to me, this is an easy one. The O-line will get figured out. They're still 2-0. The offense hasn't looked pretty. But the Packers' offense, too, hasn't looked pretty at times. They need to figure out this weapons, all these weapons that they have. Well, the, I know it's a, it's not a huge – you don't have the alpha. You don't have the true presence in the in your receiving core. I get yeah, that. Yeah, but I don't think it would have even made that much of a difference still. One guy – listen, it wasn't like I mean, the it has in, I mean, it has in the past. Okay, not, that against off- the, not against the Bucs. I get that, but that – I know, but that offense still was so great because everything revolved around – it took the pressure off of AJ Dillon. It took the pressure off of Aaron Jones. Yeah, and because it you certainly, have a count for Adams. And it exactly, and it certainly 
took the pressure off of Aaron Rodgers. Here's my thing. The Bucs match up really well against him. Brady oh, right yeah. now is Brady's three and one against Aaron Rodgers all time. All right. We the two we saw what was it in 2020? I had it right up in me. They had they turned Rodgers over. Remember, they had the pick six. They corralled Aaron Jones really well. Yeah. But I, this is going to be a close knit game. All right. It's going it to should be, be. Yeah. It's, I would say somewhere in the teens to the low 20s. All right. And here's the thing, though. This is the only thing I will say Brady will force the ball and Rodgers won't. So does it come down to a late turnover? Yeah. But now Brady? with Brady, but with Brady, now let me ask you this quickly with Brady and the, uh, the, Injury bug and plus Mike Evans suspension. Will he be aggressive still and take those shots I, with listen, guys think, with guys that he? Out of a guy. I don't think you take and it, does and it does home field advantage. But he, does he role? change his mentality, well, his philosophy? Well does, it, well, does playing in Tampa at eighty degree weather have any have any? I mean, it gives you it gets you nice, in this it gets game. you a nice tan. <laughs> it gets you a nice tan. That's for certain. But I could use that. I could use that tan. Me too. I ain't even gonna lie. I I, I feel like I need. I need a uh, I need a tan. It's been a lot of bad weather and soon and coming bad weather. A soon lot possibly. of bad weather. It's been a lot of bad weather here. Rain. I thought I thought it's beautiful. Everything is beautiful. Just remember, in a month and a half, when it's thirty degrees and you're freezing your ass off, it will be a nice, cool eighty and seventy degrees, and I'll be fine with that. So you, don't worry about it. You can enjoy your nice little weather for the time being until it gets cold. Sorry, Northeast. I won't, I won't. I won't throw a dagger. I had a good dagger, but I won't throw. Come on, you can do it. It's okay. I took a shot. I took, what are you gonna say? Nothing. Nothing. Exactly. You got nothing. <laughs> but this game should be great. I'm looking forward to it. And we have to take we have to take in consideration that this is going to be the, the last meeting. The guy who loved the, the guy who loved the cold weather. Come I hate. Oh, I hate. Oh, I hate. No, no, no. You loved it. No, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Cut off sleeves. I would still. If you I was it. playing, for, look. You if I was it. playing, the steam coming off your head, the, the crowd. I mean, October twenty first, you could have came down with dad and you know watched the West Haven showing game that I'm doing, or you could be uh, announcing in the booth the North Haven football game. Here's my th- here's my thing about that. Quickly before we get into our next take, if I'm playing football, I'm going like this. Yeah, I'm because not, you I, had I, more I, meat on your body. I was skinny. Look I at was, me now. I'm solid, but what I'm saying is. I don't need a long sleeve, but when it comes to (laughs) when it comes to when it comes to cold weather, like just hanging out in the cold, then no, I don't want to be wearing a t-shirt. I don't like that stuff. My blood is not my blood is thinner now. It's thinner as it was two years ago. Come back up up here and get it coagulated. (laughs) Word of the day, coagulated by Ted Keys. But look, we got to all kidding aside. We have to take a consideration. This is going to be the last meeting between Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. So us fans, us football fans, let's enjoy it because two of the greats are soon going to be leaving this game. Tom Brady. Oh, and by the way, they're the two oldest quarterbacks in the league right now. So let's enjoy it. It should be a fun one. Very curious to see how this Packers offense gets going against this stout defense of Tampa. The game of the week, in the sense of hype because of the Buffalo Bills and how dominant it's been. And I know I see the question, is this a make or break for the Dolphins? What are you talking about, Trev? Why is this a make or break for the Dolphins? And I know it's only week three, but the week that this, this Dolphins team has had, the the attention that they have gotten, the headlines that they've been getting since last Sunday's miraculous comeback 
against the Baltimore Ravens. The reason why I say is this a make or break for the Dolphins because the Bills are the standard of the AFC, just like the Chiefs. You have to match up, see how you match up with this team. And I know that it's only week three, but also in the standpoint, this is your division rival. This is the standard of winning the AFC East. And hell, if you want to get to a Super Bowl, the Bills are going to be there in the end. So you have to look at it as a make or break from the standard of where the Buffalo Bills have reached. They are the top, just like the Kansas City Chiefs. Those two teams are at the top of the AFC. How do you match up with teams like this? And I know the Baltimore Ravens have been the same type of way. And you found a way to miraculous come back. Now, maybe that's just off god that's just god-awful defense on Baltimore's standpoint. Because how you let number 10 be on, behind you, just let him go and have a nice mile away from every the nearest defender doesn't make any sense to me. But when I say it's a make or break for the Dolphins, Ted, is it because of the standard? You have to beat this team. You haven't well, beat well, you know also, you know thing, that Trevor, they've lost Trevor, the last know, seven games. You know they lost the last seven games to the Bills, Ted. Trev, here's the other thing. This game is also at home. Yes. So my thought would process would be, like we always say, win your home games in the division. Win your, yes. Go go 3-0 and in the division, right? Win your at home least. games. Yeah. So you took care of New England in week one. You won the home game, all right? You got Buffalo coming down. It's going to be hot, all right? Take advantage because whenever you play Buffalo later in the season, it's going to be cold. You're not going up there and beating them in Buffalo. As, so, as nobody is. So, so take advantage now, right? And this Bills defense is ferocious. I mean, they're dominant, and they—I I was just reading what stuff. they have. Hey, I, you brought up the Bills D. A lot of big injuries that could be affecting the well, impact in this game. Yes. Micah Hyde. I'm just going to give the names. Jordan Phillips, both out. Dane Jackson, who suffered a, a neck injury last week. Thank God he is all right and not as bad as what it looked like. God bless you. <laughs> and Jordan Poirier. Jordan Poirier. They're they're oh. so they're two All Pro safeties could miss the game. Which are like their quarterbacks of their defense. Yeah. Here, here's see here. It's so weird because you look at last week's game. You go back to last week's game. You go literally to like the ten minute mark of the fourth quarter. Baltimore had that game in hand. They were dominant. You were you're like ah, Baltimore right now looks at other Typical than the Bills, Dolphins, the right? Chiefs, would have been thinking. the third best team in the AFC. Blah blah blah. Lamar looks like he's just rolling. Start ching 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 ching, ching with him, ching, and, ching, then, ching, and then and then at the end of the game, you, you go back and you look and you're like, damn, Miami came all the way back. They won two throws for 400 plus yards, throws for six touchdowns. Waddle and Tyreek Hill go for 150 plus yards receiving. They both have what two touchdowns. They're both leading the league in receiving. I had it right here. What was it? Hill. Tyreek Hill has 284 yards. Diggs has 270, and Jalen Waddle has 204. I believe that's the three. That's the three those leading are the receivers. Three, those are the three leading right receivers right now. Two is leading the league in passing with 739 yards. Josh Allen's at 614. You know, you want to hear something funny? What was I was just reading it about Josh Allen? Josh Allen literally dominates this team. Dominates them. Mm-hmm. And what? I'm, I'm sorry. What are, you, what, are you, what are you doing right oh, now? Look at you. You're like, what, what's going sorry, on? I didn't have, hey, listen, people make mistakes. Someone was looking no, come on. Come on. Here's, Pick it up. Here's a good streak against the Dolphins that Josh Allen has. He has 19 passing touchdowns, four rushing touchdowns, and three turnovers in the past seven games against Miami. So he's dominated. And Miami struggled against the passes. See, they're giving up a league high nine yards per pass attempt. So that's – and 71% uh, percent 
completion percentage, which is 28. So what's what's this all mean? Miami's just got to play better, all right? Mike McDaniels, I trust in the offense. I trust him as the head coach. He's. The, I was watching a story last night on Instagram, and what was his Hawkins? He was a receiver for Cleveland Browns. And he was talking about when he was Mike McDaniels, was the offensive coordinator for Andrew Hawkins. Andrew Hawkins, and he was talking oh, about Andrew how Hawkins, yeah. when in the offensive meetings he would show videotape of basketball games, and he would show tape of Allen Iversons games mm-hmm. and other and talking about the crossover and how in a crossover basketball player to to be a great crossover guy you got to get your whole body to go one way and then to come back the other way so mm-hmm. it was if you watch stefan Diggs and things that the receivers and movements a lot of things michael did and he did a really good job last week creating opportunities for Tua to succeed, all right? Tua did not look good in the first half. Neither the Miami's offense, but they they caught stride. This offense can be special. We talked about them. Yeah. You brought in Tyreek Hill. You brought, got Jalen Wilder. You got Mike Gusecki. You got Chase Adams. You got people all over the, the field, all right? But I, here's the going back to the whole thing, and I'm rambling, but the make or break. This is an important game for Miami for competitive reasons, all right? Uh, I get you won last week against Baltimore, but – you really shouldn't have. It was just blown coverages by Baltimore and then a bunch of other crap that really yeah. can't be explained. Really, mm-hmm. you should be you should be one and one, and Baltimore should have won by two plus touchdowns. But this is where it starts. This is like that meter line, that metric line. Where do you yeah. want to be? Where do you want to be at? We yeah. know where, where do the Bills want? Tua, listen. If you go in and you get crushed like 31-14, I'm gonna be like, all right, they're good. They'll probably still make a wild card. They just don't have the opportunity. They just they'll never be good enough. But that's that's what I've been saying. Now if that's- they can win and they can compete against this Bills team and beat them, I'm like, all right. Because here's the thing: I with teams like what I talked about last week with the Giants, teams that are not used to winning, when you start winning these games, you build momentum, you build confidence, and yeah. that can lead to bigger and better things. And you know, and the chemistry and the chemi- the chemistry is going to go continue to work with this offense too. But that's what I'm trying to say. Well, and, and, know- and here's the thing: you got maybe the best quarterback. Listen, I know people are crazy thought, and you wrote this out. Uh, Josh Allen's the best quarterback. I'm going to say it every freaking week that I'm. Allen, listen, I, listen, until until he wins a Super Bowl, and I get it, I get he, it. Listen, but he's phenomenal right now. There's no one better than him in the sense of athleticism, ability to throw, completion percentage, strength. He does everything better than everyone. Pretty I, much. Right I now. get but why. This is going to be a tall task for Miami's defense to shut him down because right now he looks so dominant. That it would, and that offense looks so dominant, especially coming off of that Monday night the domination. No, of and here's the thing. I'm that they were to, sitting in the fourth quarter. I'm going to say it every week. I don't care. And I know Patrick Mahomes is the standard of the AFC right now. And I get that the Buffalo Bills have not beaten the Kansas City Chiefs in a playoff game. I get that. But I am going to sit here every week and say that Josh Allen is the best quarterback in the entire world. Five hundred playoffs, and I get it. He has, but guess what? That last game, you got to win something, though, bro. That last game is not on him. You can never blame Josh Allen for last game, let that divisional matchup against not. the Chiefs. Don't ever blame. So but don't say, oh, well, you got. Well, guess what? Blame the defense. Then the defense didn't do their job. My point is about this game. And I said it at the beginning, and I know it's week three, and we still have another 15 weeks to go to see what this team, this Dolphins team, is going to look like, what this NFL league will look like in 15, in 13 weeks, or 15 weeks, I should say. You have to beat this team in the set of where do you rank among 
those teams now. That pit playoff, are you a playoff caliber team? Are you a, a fringe outside type of playoff team? Are you a caliber that can go to greater places? And I'm talking AFC title game. Are we talking Super Bowl? If you can beat this team, it sends a clear message. Yes, they won last week, but we need to pump the brakes that everybody's talking about. Like, like two was the second coming of Dan Marino after his improbable game last week. No, it was his greatest game he's ever had as a professional and as a football player. I get it. But a lot of those throws to Tyreek Hill, those big play touchdowns were blown coverages. Anybody can make those throws. I bet I can make those throws too. Even though it's not a strong, I don't have a strong arm, but I can make those throws. If you want to be recognized and you want to get, (laughs) hey, I could throw, but I can't throw like that. If you want to be, yeah, of course, give me the sidearm. Let me go, Kyler Murray. If you want to get the respect around the league is what I'm going to say. If you want respect, true respect from your peers, then you got to start beating teams like this. This is the standard of the AFC now. This is a team, the Buffalo Bills, who have dominated two teams right now, 72-17. to 17. They haven't even had competition. Week one could have been a far, far more bigger lead and a blowout against the Rams. They could have won by 30 if they wanted to. And last week, Ted, like you said, they had their starters out in the fourth quarter. This team is a juggernaut right now. Offensively, defensively, special teams, and coaching. They have something great right now in Buffalo. And if you're Miami, if you want to get the respect, I don't care if it's week three. I don't care that you just came off of a 21-point come-from-behind victory. Now is the time for you. You want that respect? Go out and beat the Buffalo Bills. That's what it comes down to because they are the standard just like the Kansas City Chiefs. And every time we see teams like this, when you're going to have matchups like this, you have to see the level and the bar and say, the Chiefs and Bills, that's the standard of the AFC right now. There's no one else. Just like back in the day, the Patriots, where do we rank among them? Because they were the standard for the AFC for so long. Well, the Patriots and the Colts when there was man. Yeah, the Patri- okay, the Patriots and the Colts, fair enough. But those were the two standards. Where am I ranking yeah, among because, them? And what, what is the similarity between the four teams? They had the, they had the two best quarterbacks in that division. Oh, Josh Allen, the they got they got the two. They probably had the two best four of those quarterbacks we just talked about. Probably the two best at their respective times in the league. Oh, Peyton absolutely. And, Peyton and Brady. That was one and two all the time. Just whatever you wanted. Mahomes and then and Allen, Allen. Mahomes right now, I would put one and two in the league. Yeah. That, that's mean, not with, a knockout. With Brady, with Brady, with Brady still that's being not there. Not a knockout, Brady and Rogers, because I think no, no, if no, you no, put no, Brady no. and Rogers with either of those two teams. Put Brady Rogers on the Chiefs or the Bills. <laughs> They'd be putting up similar numbers. Now, athletically, yeah. they can't run like Mahomes and make the plays like Josh Allen does with their legs, but yeah. both of them are tremendous. But we'll get into that as another story. So that's what I'm trying and to maybe, say. And maybe they become the Manning and Brady of the next generation of NFL stars. Yeah, and uh, Justin Herbert at least, Lamar. At least and, then Justin, and then Justin Herbert or Lamar or the Big Bens. We'll see. But that's what I'm just. I, that's why I know our, who becomes our Eli. Jimmy G. I don't know. Oh, I, I don't know, man. Arch Manning. We're just waiting for Arch to come out. Waiting for the guy Archie Manning, or not Archie. We're just waiting for him to come out. Waiting for him. He's gonna be the next giant quarterback. It's all in due time. It's all part of the plan. That's all they say. It's all part of the plan. 
But yes, the Dolphins, I know it's week three. Got to figure it out. That's the breaking point, plain and simple. You beat them, then you'll get the respect. If not, you're the same old Dolphins. Let's close out with this Sunday night game between the San Francisco 49ers and the Denver Broncos. The team that, well, they can't just figure it out, the Denver Broncos. they Their head coach, Nathaniel Hackett versus Kyle Shanahan, two completely different type coaches in the sense of smarts, literally because it seems like Nathaniel Hackett doesn't know what the hell he's doing. It doesn't have a clue on being a head coach. This team can easily be 0-2 right now. This team has not looked good so far. Offensively, offensively, yeah, but offensively, they have been in the red zone six times, Ted, this year. They are 0-6 with no touchdowns. That's a problem when you you are led. When you are led, when you are led by a guy that you just paid 150 million guaranteed. Of Russell Wilson, that's a problem. That's a major issue. Ted, knowing that San Fran has a, a stout defense themselves, will the Denver Broncos figure it out this week, or will the same old that we've seen from the first two weeks continue? I think they can. Now, here he'll be the biggest difference. What's it? I think Kyle Shanahan's an eighth or ninth season, so he's or something. He's somewhere around that. Whatever. He's got like ninety games under his belt. Yeah. Daniel Hackett, first time as a as a head coach, you know, their offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator are first-time offensive coordinator and defensive coordinators for Denver. They mm-hmm. can. They could definitely figure it out. They could be 2-0. and oh. They've just mismanaged. Be tw- the, the the time management crap, that's the most dysfunctional. That's I mean, a huge deal. That's, that's a huge that's part of the game. game. Well, I know because we talked about that with Mike McCarthy last year at Dallas. And here, listen, being in the red zone 0-6, the only team worse than you or tied for worse is the Seattle Seahawks. But yeah. that's a whole other story, and we don't care because you don't want to compare to yourselves to them. You were looking to be great. So yeah. here's – I wrote some stuff down. Now, Russell Wilson, all-time, 16-4 and against the 49ers. So he does really well. Now, I get it. He was playing for Seattle, different team. Can Denver figure it out? Absolutely, they can figure it out. They have the weapons. They have the team. They have the skill. They have the personnel. Defensively this year, they're fifth in the pass. Nasty. They're fifth in rush. They're fifth in rush defense. They're third in to- total defense, and they're tied for third in with points allowed with San Francisco. Yeah. Offensively, they're eighth in passing. They're ninth in rushing. They're seventh total. So what does that say? And that's the thing that's fascinating. Their offensive ranks. Their offense has moved the ball between the twenties up and down the field. Yeah. They just can't put, score touchdowns. But that's a big the, deal. You can't be getting field goals. At the end of the season, I mean, yeah. excuse me, at the end of week one. And then last week, he burned three timeouts in the fourth quarter, all with seven minutes and 48 seconds left with the lead. Ted, just, the fans were counting the uh, game clock. Trev, this offense <laughs> is averaging 6.1 yard, yards per play. Here's what I would say. Because this will go back to a little fantasy. fantasy. Let Javante Williams cook, bro. Let the wow, guy run. He's averaging five yards a carry, bro. He's a beast. Get him the ball. He should, this is like the argument with Saquon. Let him touch the ball 20 times a game. Get your playmakers the ball. I mean, how does the the Browns know how to do it with Chubb and Kareem Hunt? I get it. The similar things that what Nathaniel Hackett should be taken away from the Green Bay Packers Monday Night Football game is Aaron Jones should be Javante Williams. A.J. Dillon should be Melvin Gordon. Same thing. Those guys should touch the ball at least 25 to 30 times a game. And then Russ should be throwing the ball about 25 times a game, and it should be a lot. It should be all based on play action. So right? you don't feel – so, so you don't they feel – They have the players offensively. They have the defense to match up. I get it. The safety um, – oh, my God, I'm drawing a blank. I had Justin it. Justin Simmons. He's out for the next few weeks, but Sertain should be back. Their defense is good, and they're solid. 
I get it. They haven't really played anyone that great. So you feel Seattle. like they, they should... probably played the two worst teams of football in Texas since the Texans in Seattle. All right. But, I get so you hold on. So you feel like the 49 or the, the Broncos should kind of shy away and going more of maybe more balanced attack, splash more was... running. Yes, because that's when Russ was at his best. When they had Marshawn Lynch and they were running the football downhill and play action pass, that's when Russ, the deep throws, KJ Hamler could be your Tyler Lockett. He could hit the deep bomb. You got Corin Sutton. You got Jared Judy. You have weapons on the outside of the, on the outside. Use them. Play action. I get it. Russ was the best when it was play action. When he's not. I'm sorry. I love Russell Wilson. I have him in fantasy, but he is not Josh Allen and Herbert and these guys who could just sit back and throw. He's the best when it's play action, when it's predictable run plays, and it's imp- and oh, he's his best too when he's do- when he's improvising. Yes, exactly. Now here's the thing: San Francisco, they lost the first game against the Bears. I understand it was a it was a downpour. Trey Lance looked like crap. Blah blah blah. Sad to say, he's not playing for the rest of the season. Last yes, week he gets hurt. What first quarter, whatever. Jimmy G comes in. They look like a different team. San Francisco's run the ball this season more than anyone's in the league. So they're a run, they're a run based well, team. We know that. We we don't expect no surprise. Okay, so can they run the ball against Denver? That's going to be a key question. The line of scrimmage because Denver's fifth against the rush this year. If they can shut down San Francisco, and and I when I say shut down, I say control. No one shuts down. I feel like no more. But can you control? Can you contain their rush attack and put the yeah. game in Jimmy G's hands? That's what I would want to do. Because I don't feel Jimmy G is good enough to beat you. That's always been the that's always been the argument with Jimmy G going forward is is he good enough to beat you? And it's like no, his defense always carried him, or he's got a great running game and he wins on a couple of lucky plays, or it's play action. So the Daniel Hack and the Denver can they figure it out? Absolutely. You got a you've got a a Hall of Fame quarterback. Mm-hmm. You have weapons on the outside. You have two solid running backs. You have. I think Denver wins this week. I think Denver wins at home this week. I think they figure it out. They win a close game, but they win. Losing. I think they're losing. They're going to win. You want to take a bet on that one? Well, if you stay tuned, we have our predictions that we're going to put. Oh, oh, but no, yeah. I listen, I think they can. I think they have all the pieces to be successful, Trev. I think Nathaniel Hackett should, will, should, would, should, could be better at time management. But listen, Mike McCarthy. I'm just saying, it's a problem when your coach is like. He's been a coach for 20 years, so it must be it must be a Green Bay thing, I guess. The former Green Bay coordinator slash coaches. It must. I just want. I just wonder if Nathaniel Hackett thinks he has Aaron Rodgers in the backfield, where you're going to throw the ball over the field. My problem. My problem is play action, and they can beat San Francisco. They have the they have the pieces, but you know what? If they start, you know, like you know, mismanaging clock and start making mistakes and. And, you know, and start letting Russ throw the ball 40, 50 times a game. I don't think that's going to be successful for Denver down the road. I don't think they can beat San Francisco if and they it's want a, to throw the ball over the field. And it's a problem as well that the past two weeks you've come out and said, yeah, I made a mistake with certain things. That's just – you. that's inexcusable. I don't care if you're a rookie head coach. There's a reason why you got this job. And maybe to some the only reason why you got this job is because your quarterback was Aaron Rodgers, and that always helps. And that will always go well, a long way. I don't way say that's part of the reason why he got the job because I think Denver had an idea that they were going to get Aaron Rodgers in the first place in a trade instead. And I know that this Denver franchise has been the missing piece. All we've been ever hearing is, oh, the quarterback, the quarterback since Peyton Manning. I get that. But Russell Wilson is not a guy, Ted, like you said, and I agree. Russell Wilson's not a guy that's going to throw the ball 40, 50 times and beat you like that. It's just not. You need to have a balanced attack with him. 
They did it with Seattle. That's why they were so successful because they ran the ball with Marshawn and they set up the play action. And it always worked. Him, Doug Baldwin, Jermaine Kirst, then DK, Lockett down the road. That's what the Denver Broncos have to do to get Russ going. And I agree with you. Get Javante Williams the ball. He is a man amongst boys when he gets the ball in his hand. He needs to dominate. And then you could set up your play action and see what Russ can do. This game should be very intriguing. It should be a fascinating Sunday night game because I really want to see how Denver comes back after the first two weeks struggling. I know they're one and one but it hasn't looked pretty at all. Ladies and gentlemen, we will keep an eye on the big Aaron Judge, all-rise Aaron Judge, as he is still two home runs away from breaking Roger Maris's record. If you have Apple TV, Amazon Prime, it's the only way you can watch it. So we will be keeping an eye on that. Plus, we will be back Monday to discuss the huge NFC East showdown between the Dallas Cowboys and the New York football giants. We are Keys of the City. Oh, 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 oh okay, there we go. Never mind. I had to do something quick. But we are Keys of the City. We'll see you next episode. We're out. City Podcast.